Welcome to Careers Evolve, the podcast for women where we talk about pivoting, opening doors, and breaking barriers in your career. Our careers evolve as we do, so let's talk about it. I'm your host, Dr. Monique Johnson. Now let's get into the show. Hello, everyone. This is Careers Evolve with Monique Johnson. In this episode, I'll be talking with Jasmine Escalera. She doesn't usually insert the doctor, but I want to give her her props. She's Dr. Jasmine Escalera. She's going to share her career story with us and how she came to be who she is today. She has great energy. And if you are in need of inspiration, encouragement, and good, solid career advice, she is definitely your person to follow on social media. So here's a quick formal introduction of Jasmine. Dr. Jasmine Escalera is a confidence coach and career strategist for women of color. She has proven coaching programs that help her clients beat self-doubt so they can own their worth and boss up in their careers or business. Jasmine was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, and fell in love with chemistry in high school and went on to receive her bachelor's degree in biochemistry from Pace University and her PhD in pharmacology from Yale. Since receiving her PhD, she has held high-level management positions with hospitals and nonprofits, designing programs that increase the quality of life and healthcare options for underserved populations. So without further ado, I feel like I need a drum roll here. <laughs> here <is> Jasmine. <laughs> Thank you so much for that absolutely amazing introduction. I'm so happy to be here with you. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. I know you're very busy. And so I'm so glad that you squeezed me in just for a little bit. Never too busy for you, Monique. (laughs) Thank you. So tell us about yourself. Tell us your career story and how you started to where you are now. Yeah, I feel like it's such a long journey. (laughs) But as you mentioned, I grew up in in Brooklyn and it's so relevant, my background. I grew up in the projects of Brooklyn, New York, Marlboro Projects. And I grew up around individuals who really look like me, black and brown faces. And as I grew up, you know, as a child, I was always very interested in books. I was always very interested in education. And my parents were really, really focused on helping me to be able to be the best that I could by really focusing on education. So I fell in love with science and with chemistry, as you mentioned, in high school. And I started my journey in STEM, getting my bachelor's from Pace, my PhD from Yale. And when I was in Yale getting my graduate degree, I actually really felt like I might be on the wrong path. So I had kind of thought of myself as going into the pharmaceutical industry, making tons of money, being able to help my parents out and doing all of those things that I felt I needed to do to be able to support my family. But about halfway through my journey, I really started to recognize that like that didn't feel right to me. My community was the community that had really championed me and gotten me to the path of where I was. And I wanted to be able to give back. The problem was that at the time that I was in graduate school, you really only either went into academia or you went into the pharmaceutical industry. Those were only Mm -hmm. the two options in terms of STEM. 
And mm-hmm. so I felt really conflicted and I almost actually dropped out of my PhD because I just felt like if these two paths aren't for me, what would I actually do? And through Thank a lot you. of deep soul searching and inner work, I actually decided that I wanted to go the nonprofit route. So for the last 10 years, I've really been working in nonprofit organizations, nonprofit organizations attached to large institutions like hospitals, and really focusing on helping them to design research programs and clinical programs that help populations in need around healthcare. So I've worked in the children's mental health space and in children's social emotional development and learning, really focused on providing free access to community-based programs that help these particular families and children. About two years ago, you know, I really started to realize that even though I had a very wonderful career path, I had a lot of challenges. Being a Latina Mm -hmm. in STEM is not easy. Being a woman of color in STEM is not easy. I felt like I was conforming a lot. I felt like I was shrinking myself in. I felt like I wasn't using my voice. I felt like I wasn't claiming my space. I felt like I couldn't claim my accomplishments. Mm -hmm. And all of that led to so many internal challenges. I was experiencing a lot. I was starting to get anxiety and panic Mm -hmm. attacks. I felt so incredibly lost. And during that journey of trying to reclaim myself, find myself, connect back to my identity, I started to realize that there were not a lot of resources out there specifically geared towards a woman like me, a Latina, Mm -hmm. a woman of color in STEM, trying to make it feeling things like imposter syndrome and self-doubt. So I decided to found my career business two years ago um, after I sort of like, again, started to reclaim my power um, as a way to really be able to tell my story, but also to support and help other women who would be going through the same journey I was to help them to really overcome that imposter syndrome and self-doubt, to really help them to own their careers in the way of like deciding what is it that I want to do and how can I achieve it? And to really be able to, you know, break open or break across those barriers that the external work world really puts on us. Wow, that's amazing. So I know you talked about several different things, but what was the turning point? You know, I know you said you started to feel sort of out of your element and the imposter syndrome and all of that. What do you feel? Was it the external or was it a combination of just the environment that you were in that was just not conducive for you? It felt like I didn't belong. Like it really, it was, it was a feeling like I had to be 100% honest when I left graduate school and started in the nonprofit industry, I was still in research and I was still in science. So I was still in a very white male dominated space. Mm -hmm. So I really, I conformed a lot to Mm. what others' expectations of me should be based off of their behavior, not necessarily off of the behavior that I felt I wanted to exhibit. Right. So for me, there was a lot of this feeling of like, I don't feel like the person I really am. I, I, I felt like I was one person outside of the workplace mm-hmm. and a completely different one inside of the workplace. Right, right. So for me, the turning point was recognizing that I was actually doing something that was of no benefit nor service to myself. Mm -hmm. And also no benefit nor service to other women in the career space. 
because the more that I adopt code switch, change, act inauthentically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the more it becomes acceptable for that behavior or for that environment to exist. Right. So it's incredibly important for me almost to kind of make other people uncomfortable because it's important for them to understand that different kinds of people, different identities, different backgrounds should be allowed to just come into the workplace and be treated just like everyone else. Exactly. So I think I think for me, it was that internal piece of like, wow, I don't even feel like I know myself anymore. Right, I, right. I don't feel like I'm speaking up for myself or for anybody. I, mm-hmm. I really felt that feeling of like lost, inauthentic, not connected to the person that I am. And that mm-hmm. was the biggest challenge for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And belonging is important. You know, we want to feel like we belong in the environment mm-hmm. that we're in and that we're accepted and that we can be ourselves and that we don't have to conform, you know. So yeah. I definitely understand. I actually have been reading a lot about microaggressions and mm-hmm. I've had a couple clients who've really been dealing with some <laughs> work in male dominated spaces. IT yeah. is one of them. And yeah, the microaggressions that they are experiencing is just like out of this world to me. Yeah, it's it's really such a shame. And the same happens for my clients too that come to me and and I I connect so much to their stories just because of what I experienced. I, I mean, there's so many times where I was just in this space and I was like, did somebody really say that? Am I crazy? Am I really hearing this? <laughs> you know, you start to question yourself. <laughs> that's true. Like, did they, did they just say what I think they said? Yeah. That's like a big thing too. And I have other clients who say that to me too, where it's just, you know, they're like, wait a second, did I just hear that? <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. So what problem would you say that you're solving in the work that you're doing? Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of clients who come and work with me, the the major thing that they're saying is, I don't have confidence, or they feel completely lost. And I feel like those two things mesh very well together. Because when you dive deep into either one, you have individuals who have that lack of confidence, who don't who don't really feel like they're on the right path, who aren't really sure what they want that next step to be, or maybe they do know what they want it to be, but they're too scared to take it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my clients, it's really all about diminishing that internal voice, that limiting belief and that doubt. And that's something that I have so much experience with, because I think for me, I always wanted to be super successful. That's something I always wanted, but I put a cap on myself, you know, and and the way that I put a cap on myself was by not believing that I could, by not showing that confidence and by doing the things like conforming, because if I conform, then it's, I'm already saying that I'm not good enough just being myself. So I think Mm -hmm. a lot of the things that my clients are experiencing are things that I experienced as well in terms of that confidence building, that self-doubt, but then also the feeling of I'm not really claiming my career. You know, oftentimes we go through this career path of like, I'm a manager, then I become an assistant director, then I become a director, but you never take the time to stop and say like, is this really what I want to do? Is this really what I want to be? Am I following my passions? Am I following my purpose? Am I doing the things that I'm exceptional and good at? So a lot of times also it's it's clients coming to me and saying, I feel really lost. And, you know, I feel like I'm just kind of going through the motions. So it's about that moment of taking that time to reflect on like, what is it that you really want to do? Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. I think that's great. Um, One of the things that I always say is that your work should not only serve others, but your work should serve you as well, right? (laughs) We should do what we enjoy uh, and what what we're good at also, Mm -hmm. you know, what brings us uh, success and all of that. That's fantastic. So what would you say are some of your most important lessons that you've learned on your journey? So I think the one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is that it's of no benefit to you to not use your voice. So, so often I wanted things or I wanted my company to show me value or I wanted a promotion, but all I did was work really hard <laughs> and mm. not necessarily think about using my voice to let people know what it was that I really needed to be successful, what I really needed to be able to thrive, what I really needed to be able to make it. So I think the biggest lesson for me is you have to use your voice in every single space and you have to stand up for yourself and you have to stand up for others. So, so much of the lessons that I've learned in terms of my career are about me actually coming into my true self claiming my identity, but then also like using my voice and speaking up. That's mm-hmm. something that I think is is so important in terms of your career and professional development. And oftentimes we're way too scared to do it. Right. That's true. That is so true. Amplify your own voice, amplify mm-hmm. the voice of others, you know, bring it, bring others along with you. But yeah, I agree. I um, interviewed someone else um, recently, Miss Erica Boone, and she was talking about the very same thing. And she's in STEM. She works for NIH in oh, D- awesome. the DC area. And she was talking a lot about imposter syndrome and using your voice and all of that. So it's certainly, you know, it's something that women deal with at all levels. You know, it's not just entry level women. It's I still have to talk to myself on occasion, you know, and and kind of tell myself, Monique, get it together. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole, those thoughts. But yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. What advice would you give to women? What words of encouragement would you offer to women as they transitioning careers or, you know, they're kind of in that space? You've already given us a lot of good nuggets already. Yeah. Well, you know, piggybacking off of something you just mentioned of every day, kind of feeling like you're still dealing with it. People ask me oftentimes, like, how did you overcome imposter syndrome? How did you become a confident woman? How did you do all of these things as if it's a finite thing? And when I tell individuals is like, it's not a switch. You know, I didn't just go from one day conforming, one day code switching and one day being inauthentic authentic to just being an authentic individual. Like it's, I still go through that every single day. One of the things that I really tell people is every morning I have rituals. I have things that I need to do that prepare me as an individual that create a stronger person to be able to go out there into the world in general. Mm -hmm. Um, And I still deal with things like imposter syndrome and self-doubt. It's not about completely overcoming these things. It's about recognizing that they exist, they're a component of you, and really being able to acknowledge them and steer away from the bad moments or from the things that are not productive in terms of them. So Mm -hmm. I have doubt. Sometimes doubt is a good thing for me because it's a gut check for me to be able to say, am I really going on the right path? But it's those moments in which it's actually going to create fear, inauthenticity, or actually lead me in the wrong way that I'm really going to be focused on. 
So in terms of giving advice to women, my biggest piece of advice is own where you are in this space and start making the steps and taking those moves, making those moves to be able to just be able to manage it. So you have to come to a point where you are building the systems to be able to every single day be your best self. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling a lack of confidence, if you're feeling that you have doubt, if you're feeling like you're not hitting your potential, it's okay. We all feel that way. We all deal with this every single day. It's the acknowledgement that it's there and the true desire to make the change that will always get you over the hurdle. So it's really a matter of just being clear with yourself around where you are and making those commitments to take action. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, like even with your podcast here, talking about the challenges that we experience, bring a level of normalcy to it. So, you know, when I think back to being in graduate school, I didn't know a damn thing about imposter syndrome. I had never heard about that. Mm -hmm. I had only heard about imposter syndrome a few years ago when I was well into my career and someone mentioned to me, it sounds like you've been dealing with imposter syndrome. So no one was talking about it. No one was discussing it. And for me, I didn't even know that other people were also experiencing the things that I was experiencing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that other women of color in STEM were dealing with what I was dealing with, the microaggressions, the bias, all of that. So mm -hmm. I think it's really okay for us to acknowledge that these are things that we go through. These are things that we experience. It's okay for you to acknowledge that you are going through it and you are experiencing it. It's about taking that first step and that step towards action that really matters. I agree. That is, that's great. As you were talking, I thought of this quote, and I'm not even sure who is the author of this quote, but you know, those who can't change their mind can't change anything. So mm. essentially you have to be willing to do something different. Yeah. You have to take control, as you were saying, and create some rituals for yourself and mm -hmm. begin the journey, you know, whether it's affirmations, you know, I had uh, taken a picture and I put it up as one of my social media posts of some little stickies that I had on my mirror. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, they, I have lots of those. <laughs> and they were like wilted from the water. They had been yeah. up there for like two years seriously but whatever works you know whatever mm -hmm. you have to do is is what you have to do to encourage yourself and yep. people aren't always going to be around so you do have to encourage yourself in many oh, 100%. ways yeah I mean it all comes from within I mean yes when I grew up I had an, an amazing group of cheerleaders and champions and people on my side and that helped believe me that helped but the first step that I took outside of my community when I started college was when I immediately, when all of that doubt and imposter syndrome hit me. And I wish someone would have said that advice to me, like you just said, of you have to be the biggest cheerleader for you. And we say it all the time, but it's completely mm -hmm. true. You have to be the one that thinks you're the shit. And, you know, other people can yeah. think it too, but like you have to be the one that truly thinks it and believes yeah. it. Yeah, that's, um, so that's so, so important. It really is. It really is. Absolutely. So is there anything, I have just a couple more questions, but yeah. before we come to a close, let me ask you this question. How are you opening doors and breaking barriers? I ask all of my guests that question. And what does that mean to you? 
Yeah. So it's so interesting because when I started my career, I always said to myself that I would be the one breaking doors and pushing those barriers down. And I was going to get that seat at the table. And what I really recognize is that I am one person. And yes, I would love to do all of those things. But I think that for me, the way that I want to do it, and this is a, a real mission of mine, is I want women all women, all women of color to feel like they can really own who they truly are and show up in the workplace as that woman every single day and achieve all of their greatness as who they are. So the way that I personally want to do it is sure, I can do it for myself, but I think for me, I want to be able to do it for others. Um, so I really want to be a woman who empowers, who provides a lot of support and encouragement, and who really shows women that they can do it for themselves. So for me, it's all about really being that resource, being that person who can motivate others, and helping them to be able to achieve their ultimate goals. So for me, it's about that sort of, I want to be able to get as many women as I possibly can, as many women of color in the workplace, being their amazing selves, claiming those seats, and just taking it over. And I believe that you will. And you have. You're already doing it. You're already doing it. You're very inspiring, very encouraging. And um, I'm looking forward to that book. <laughs> one day <laughs> that book that book just to add to all the other things I know, the list put it on the list put that on the list so as as we come to a close is there anything that you would like to share with other women women of color that I didn't ask you yeah I think that one thing that I would definitely like to share for me is that there have been a lot of moments in my life I mentioned one in graduate school I wanted to quit when I was in my career. There were so many moments when I wanted to quit, when I just wanted it to be over. In fact, at the end of 2020, I think we probably all felt like we wanted to quit the year, but I felt like I just wanted to just quit. There have been so many moments in my life where that word quit has really come up and every single moment and every single challenge, it actually meant that I had to continue to push through. So for anyone out there who feels like their doubt, their confidence, whatever it is that you're going through is making you feel like you can't make it or you want to quit, I urge you and tell you please to keep going because those were the moments when I actually found the most power from myself, when I actually learned the most about who I was and when I became truly the woman that I wanted to be was those moments when I pushed through the adversity, when I pushed through those times that I just didn't think I could do it. I really showed myself that I can overcome anything. So my biggest thing that I would want to leave everyone with is please, you know, know that you can claim it all, know that you can do it all, know that you can be the person that you want to be and don't quit. That's a fantastic message. Very inspiring. Don't quit. Now, Jasmine, how can people stay in touch with you? Yeah, I'm really active on social media. <laughs> I laugh because I feel like I'm too active on social media. Um, so I am on LinkedIn, Jasmine Escalera. And you can also find me on Instagram at Jasmine Escalera Coaching. I always love to engage with my community. So if you have any questions or you just need some advice, please feel free to reach out. 
Yes. And she's very engaging. She dances and (laughs) try to have fun. (laughs) Yes, She has lots of energy and she is definitely a lot of fun. And I will leave her information in the show notes. But I wanted to say, Jasmine, thank you so much for your time. This was enlightening. There's so much more that I could have asked you, I think. But I wanted to also say to the listeners and to the audience that this is just another example of a phenomenal woman doing great work in the community, in the world. And there are so many more uh, just like her. You don't have to be a celebrity and have your name in lights. And that's what I want for my podcast. I want to amplify all the women who are doing fantastic things in the community and in the world. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you will listen in again for the next one. And let's continue to break barriers and open doors. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate the support. If you haven't already, please subscribe. If you'd like to learn more about me, please visit my website at drmoniquecjohnson.com. And that's DR for doctor. Until next time, let's open doors and break barriers.